You're about to listen to Grace Pills by Reverend Josh Lai, lead pastor at Caris Center International. Reverend Josh Lai is a preacher of the gospel of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be blessed as you listen. We have been treating the Jesus culture for quite some time now, way before the lockdown. As a matter of fact, I started very early in the year and we are still on. Um, I gave it an acronym um, that is West Jail. West Jail. Now, the Jesus culture simply speaks to the life we live in the kingdom, the life we are meant to live in the kingdom. So you can actually um, theme it the kingdom life, all right? So that is the Jesus culture. And I gave it that acronym because of how I arranged the various cultures within the Jesus culture, the various ways of life that we are meant to live. Number one, we are meant to live by the word. That's why it starts with W. So W is for the word. Everything we do is defined within the boundaries of God's word. Okay, and it's God's word that tells us who we are in Christ, who Christ is, what Christ did, and our inheritance in Christ. So we get to know the boundaries of the believer, the way of life of the believer in Christ Jesus by the word of God. Number two, the moment we are we are engrafted into the body and we understand that we live by the word the word tells us to evangelize that's the first thing the believer must understand you have been warned to win somebody to christ okay and that's what gives the believer the eternal reward it's all about souls because God's value system has to do with souls for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. John 3, 16. So it's quite important to understand that as a believer, this is not the gospel of containment. It's the gospel of multiplication. You go out and make sure that you multiply everybody in the kingdom. We bring folks into the kingdom. We bring people into the kingdom. Praise God. So E is for evangelism. S is for the spirit life. We live by the spirit. We don't do things by ourselves. We don't do things by popular opinion. We are led by the spirit of God. Romans chapter 8 verse 14, as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So it's key that as a believer, you know that you are not led by your flesh. You are led by your spirit. Okay. And number three, and number four, rather, we live by divine timing. We don't do things according to the timings of man. We do things in 
its time. All right. So by the spirit led or by the spirit leadership, we do things according to the timings of God. So for some of you who get worried because you see people doing things and, and it's like you are left behind. No, I'm sorry. You don't understand the kingdom way of life. He leads us to do things, and when he leads us to do them, then we walk in his tenets, we walk in his will. So don't allow people to dissuade you from what he has told you to do and when he told you to do what he said to do. So anytime you are led by the Spirit of God, make sure you are in the timings of God. Very key. Now, the next is that we live a life of giving. So west is done, jail is next. G, we live a life of giving. Okay, so your life is a life of giving. Everything that you're giving to God is what he's already giving to you by Christ Jesus. Okay, so there is nothing to offer God. All right, so you don't pray because you're giving God something. You don't give your money because you're giving God something. You don't give your time because you're giving God something. Well, God has already given you all of these. So you are just a steward. So the life we live is a life of thanksgiving. Our lives are poured out as offerings of thanksgiving to God. So we see it as a privilege and deem it as an honor to actually give to him because he is the first giver. He gave, and that's why we are able to give. So we give a token of what he has given. As a matter of fact, we owe him an incalculable debt of gratitude and thanks that we cannot adequately repay nor reciprocate. So God is the giver, all right? We don't give, we actually Thank, do the thanksgiving because in our giving, we are saying we thank you for what you have given. Praise God. And then E is what we just treated. Excellence. Excellence. The word excellence. Okay, and we treated it so clearly for us to understand that that's the practicality of living the faith, manifesting the grace and the glory of God, the beauty of God that is already deposited in us by the Holy Spirit. Okay, so the spirit that is in us is the spirit of excellence. Jesus Christ was said in Hebrew to have the spirit, the, the ministry of excellence and the name that is excellent. And so we, when we come into Christ or we receive Christ, we actually have the spirit of excellence, all right? So we exercise our spirit so that we would be able to manifest this virtuous life of the excellent spirit that already lives in us. And we went into that so clearly. We said, number one, you make sure that you live by the word. You study the word. Study the word. Study the word. A life of prayer as well. And you also make sure that you are always with the brethren. And then you also make sure you take time to fast. And we said all of these things are devotion to the Lord. They are devotion to the Lord. They are devotion to the Lord. None of these things make us who we are. No, we exercise our spirit by them. We have already been made and completed and perfected in Christ. Nothing adds to us. These are like spiritual exercises that unfold, unveil, and bring out who we really are. Praise God, all right? 
So that's how far we have come, and that's why we're here today to discuss the last, which is love. So the last on the ladder regarding the Jesus culture is love. Somebody would ask, but why are you treating love um, last? Because it's, it's meant to be the first. Because if you got, talk about God's nature, God's nature is a love. But you can understand that the love that we must have understanding to is in the word. Okay, it's in the word. So if you want to understand God's love, you must understand what God says and who God is regarding his love in the boundaries of the word. Okay, and that's why we began with the word. So love is the highest, is the peak. God does everything undergirded with his nature of love. He created us by love. He brought us into this world by love. He governs the nations by love. As a matter of fact, God's, God's nature is love. God's nature is love. His preceding nature is love. All right, so I've titled it The Believer's Love Life. The Believer's Love Life. Now, there's a difference between the love of the world and the love of the kingdom. The love of the world and the love of the kingdom. Now, this must be at the back of your mind because it is very key to your understanding. There is difference between the love of the world and the love of the kingdom. Okay. Philippians chapter 1 verse 9 to 10. I'm reading from the King James Version. Philippians chapter 1 verse 9 to 10. This is the letter Paul wrote to the Philippian church. And this is the prayer he prayed. And this I pray. That your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. Okay, we'll do the verse 10 later. Let me just, let's look at this verse 9 and then we'll continue with the 10. And this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. Now, the word love there is the word agape. In other words, the love of God. The love of God. So Apostle Paul says that your love, the love of God, may abound yet more and more. Okay, so the love of God, and, and that love is unconditional. It, it actually means unconditional sacrifice. Okay, unconditional sacrifice. Unconditional sacrifice may abound yet more and more in knowledge. Now, the word more and more in the Greek is also the word malon, malon. Malon, malon. And it's a word that is normally used in comparison of the other. In comparison of the other. All right. So, Apostle Paul actually in this statement would have ended, and this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more, and he should be okay. But then he said, in knowledge and in all judgment. In other words, there is the love that you may have been aware of. 
But that's not the love that I want you to grow in more and more. There is this love of God that you must have understanding to in more knowledge and in all judgment. Okay? Now, the word knowledge there in the Greek is the word epignosis. Epignosis. Okay? It's actually the precise, accurate knowledge. So, to have the precise, accurate knowledge of the love of God. Alright? So, you grow more and more or abound more and more or overflow in the love of God in the precise accurate knowledge okay and then the word judgment in all judgment the word judgment there is actually the word ace thesis for those of you who have written thesis in the university you understand okay how the analysis of a problem or a problem statement and what is your thought pattern okay so it brings out the thought pattern the right thought pattern about an issue or a problem so actually the word is thesis there is the word to analyze it, it speaks to thought patterns or mindset okay so you'd have the accurate precise knowledge and the right mindset about the love of god and you will grow in that love. So you can only abound in this love of Christ when you have the right, accurate, precise knowledge and then the right mindset, the right mindset, the right thought pattern. Okay, so the precise, accurate knowledge must go with the right thought pattern, the, the, the mindset of what god's love truly is and so you'd have understanding in other versions you'd have it says in all discernment in other versions it says in all judgment in other versions it says in all understanding in other versions it says in all insight insight all right so as we just read you'd realize that the first place of change must be change in thinking to be able to abound more and more in the love of God, then one must change how they think. They must change their thought pattern because we are used to a certain kind of love of the world and we need a new mindset regarding this love of the kingdom this love of the kingdom our our father or our papa um um kennedy hagan said something he said wrong believing would lead or produces wrong thinking and wrong thinking produces wrong speaking and wrong speaking produces wrong actions so wherever you see a wrong action you definitely would have been preceded with wrong thinking. Wrong thinking because the battle place is our mind. Where we think. Where we think. Alright, so most of the things we do that are negative, we do them not because we are actually like the devil in our spirit. No. No. 
Listen, in our spirit, we are one with Christ. Bible said, he that is of Christ is one spirit with him. Okay, so in Christ, we have one spirit, the unity of the spirit. That's why he's not ashamed, Hebrews 10, 11. That's why he's not ashamed to call us his brethren. Because we have the same father with him. So in our spirit, we are cool, we are okay. We are perfect, we are complete. But the problem is our mind. Our mindset. Our mindset. So all the negative things that we do that are evil, that are wrong, like the devil, is not because of our spirit. We do them because we are like the devil in our thoughts, in the way we think. So you see, the love of God then actually is revealed in the state of our thoughts and our hearts. The love of God is revealed in the state of our thoughts and our hearts. Okay, and most of us in the kingdom came to be loved and not to love. So you see, the pattern of thinking is that I must receive love. But I didn't come to give love. Now, somebody will say that, well, people are broken. And so they are broken before they came into the kingdom. And that's exactly why we are teaching this for you to have the right thought pattern and understanding. Yes, you came as a broken person. But when you came into Christ as a broken person, Christ has mended your brokenness and has made you whole. And he actually puts love in your heart and gives you the responsibility to love. So you didn't come to just receive love. You have received the fullness of love to show love. And that must be the thinking. That must be the thinking. Now we can go to the 10. We can go to the 10. We can go to the 10. Sorry. The 10. So let's start again. Philippians 1, 9. To 10. And this I pray. That your love may abound. So the love of God may abound yet more and more. In the precise accurate knowledge. And in all the right or the right mindset. Or the right thought pattern. And then the tense is that ye may approve things that are excellent. That ye may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. So in having the accurate precise knowledge. Which is definitely in the word of God which is the full counsel of God, <laughs> you, you will have the right mindset so that you can approve. The word approve in the Greek is the word dokimosein, 
dokimazen. It means to test so that you can test or you can scrutinize or you can examine. All right? The word approved there is the word that actually speaks to the art or the practice of assaying metals or separating them. Okay, so people who deal in metals have a way of approving whether this metal is fake or this metal is quality. Okay, so the word approve here is that you'll be able to scrutinize or test or examine what is true. The word excellent actually reveals what we spoke to before this very treatment. We spoke to the word excellent culture and we said that it has to do with the word diaphorus. And so this word actually is diaphoron, which actually means virtuous or priority. So you see, it will make you approve virtuous choices, choices of character, choices of priority, choices of importance that ye may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. The word offense is the word aproskopoi. Aproskopoi. It means to harm or to stumble. To harm or to stumble. So it actually means that you will be able to approve or to scrutinize or to examine things that are of utmost priority and things that are virtuous. And it will make you sincere and you'll be without harm. Till the day of Christ. Or it will not make you stumble. Till the day of Christ. Praise God. So now what Apostle Paul is trying to say here. Means that I can know how my love is abounding. By how I think towards people. Because it all starts from my thoughts. If my thoughts are right, my actions or my speech will be right. And so the key is my mindset. My mind must be free from harm or offense. I should be able to analyze things in a way that will not offend. That will not harm. That will not cause people to stumble. 
And Apostle Paul actually tells us that that's exactly what he does. Acts chapter 24, verse 16. Acts chapter 24, verse 16. Reading from the New King James Version. This being so, I myself always strive to have a conscience without offense toward God and man. So Apostle Paul says, this is what he does. He strives so that always in his conscience, there will be no offense to God and to man. And that's why he actually speaks to this and says, to whom that is pure, all things are pure. So it has to do with the purity of your mind. That is, how we'll, that is what will determine how you look at things, how you respond to things, how you react to things. So I must tame my mind. How do I tame my mind? As I receive the precise, accurate knowledge, my mind is set so that Anytime something comes and suggests offense or harm, I can beat it out and make the choice to love. And that's how my love abounds more and more. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 32 Apostle Paul also opens up this revelation right here. The Living Bible says, So don't be a stumbling block to anyone, whether they are Jews or Gentiles or Christians. So, saying that he exercises his mind to make sure that his conscience is without offense towards God and man. He now instructs that we should make sure that in our thoughts, we will not be a stumbling block. And you see the word stumbling block used as the same as the word offense. That we will not give offense to anyone, whether they be Jews, Gentiles, or Christians. Now, and that is why the way we think towards others will matter on the day of judgment. Because the proof of love is in our thinking. The proof of love is in our thinking. That's why in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Apostle Paul, uh, 2 Corinthians rather chapter 3, Apostle Paul talks about our works and how our works will be tested and proving because it must be founded on Christ and it must be founded in love. So the 
key question here is this. Is my love abounding? Is my love abounding? Let's look at a scenario Jesus gave in Luke chapter 17, verse 1. 1 to 5. Let's, let's look at 1 to 4. Luke chapter 17, verse 1 to 4. I'm reading from the New King James Version. Luke chapter 17. Verse 1 to 4. Then said Jesus to his disciples. It is impossible that no offenses should come. But woe to him through whom they do come. So Jesus sets it straight. It is impossible that no offenses should come. So what it is he's saying is clear. That so far as we live on this earth. There would be offenses. Okay. Woe to him through whom they do come. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea than that he should offend one of these little ones. In other versions it says that you be a stumbling block to these little ones. So Jesus is actually saying that we should make sure that we don't offend. So he speaks now to the offender that it should not be proper for them to offend and to become a stumbling block to people. And then he says, take heed to yourselves. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. Four. And if he sins against you seven times in a day, and seven times in a day returns to you saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. Whoa. So, now, he spoke about the general principle. Life can never be without offense. And then he spoke to the offender and says, it is not right to offend people. And then now he speaks to the victim of offense and says, if the offender comes to you and would ask for forgiveness 
having sinned against you seven times in a day. Forgive him. Now, all that he's trying to say is that there should be no limit to your forgiveness. And for the person to come again after sinning against you to ask for forgiveness and then go and come again to ask for forgiveness, then he's actually telling you, actually forgive him even before he offends you. So, I can hear all your questions. <laughs> Already, I can feel them behind the camera. So, are you saying that all of these things they did, and look at how many times, as a matter of fact, the fact that you even started recording the numbers means you failed the love test. And you see, so now you are saying, the fact that you are saying, now you are saying that, it means that you have an unrenewed mind. It means that your thought pattern is already skewed towards the love of the world. So Jesus is actually trying to tell us that love is revealed in offense. Love is revealed in offense. So love is actually meant for what you don't like. Wow. That's exactly what it is. So the guy that hates you bad the guys that talks bad to you, the, the, the guy that, that, that despisefully used you and, 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 and threw you away, he says, that's where your love is revealed. The depth the width, the height, the length of the offense does not matter. Your love is bigger. Your love is deeper. Your love is wider. Your love is longer. Your love is higher. I pray that by the end of this series I am believing God 
that we will be healed in our mind. And it shall reveal the love of God that is already in our spirit. The UN cannot bring peace on this earth. There is nobody that can bring harmony of lives on this earth. That's why we say Jesus is the answer. When we understand the love of God, which is born in our hearts, the world will be the best place to live in. And that's why it must start from the church. But it comes by having the accurate knowledge, the epignosis. Romans chapter 12 verse 1 to 3 is my last scripture. Apostle Paul's letter to the Romans says clearly, I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God. Now, the word present is the word recognize. So, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you recognize your bodies. As a matter of fact, the word present itself suggests what you have already been made. So you are being asked to present it. Now, if I ask you to present a package, then the subject, uh, so, so, uh, suggestive inference right there is that the package has already been done and so come and do what? Present it. So if I say, I beseech you therefore brethren by the message of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice wholly acceptable to God which is your reasonable service then apostle Paul is saying that this is who you are and so present who you are the way you have been made. So it means that if you don't present it that way, you are compromising what you have been made. And who you have been made. Verse 2. And don't be conformed to this world. So don't descend. Conformity is to go low. Is to compromise. Ah, so what it means is that you have an original nature for which you have been made. 
Don't compromise to live the nature of the world. Don't go low. So when somebody offends you, and you take offense and react offensively, you are compromising your nature. And you are living by the standards of the world. <laughs> Do not be conformed to this world. But be transformed. Metamorphose. It is the word metamorphosis. The very good example or illustration is like the caterpillar, not the, 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 the uh, machine caterpillar, no. The caterpillar that turns into a butterfly. Now, that is the transformation of a believer. Now, when you look at the culture of the world, and you look at the body, the flesh, it can easily suggest to you that you are not like the butterfly that you should be. Because you may be seeing a caterpillar, but it says the caterpillar is not you. Very soon the caterpillar will be shed off and that beautiful butterfly will come out and will be flying around and everybody sees it and they want to have it because it's beautiful and it's glowing. That is how God says you are. You shed off the nature of the world, the love of the world, and the love of God that is born in your heart. And he says that is the transformation of the believer. And he says when you are able to renew your mind, that is when you see the butterfly coming out. So it comes by renewing your mind. What it means is that there is a mindset of the world. And by the accurate, precise knowledge, you begin to develop a new mindset regarding who you are. And it's all fixed already. The love of God is set in your spirit. Set in your heart. So that you can prove. The word prove comes here again. You can scrutinize. You can test. What is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God? Kadolilesh. The perfect will of God. Have you followed somebody's offense? And it has landed you where you didn't even think it will. 
Sometimes you see the way the flesh tells you to react. Just to satisfy your ego. You see the way you throw tantrums. And you use swear words. You see how you can have examples of people. Who followed the offense of other people. And they are in jail. It led them to kill. To, to murder. But when you have the renewed mind. You have the right judgment. The right perspective. About the issue. Because. The love of God has filled your heart and your mind. You let go. You let go. Your mindset is the first thing in the love life. And there's no way you can have spiritual growth or experience spiritual growth outside love. If you cannot control your mind, you cannot control your actions. It's your love abounding. Do you know that while you and I were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That is the love we are talking about. The love that overlooks your offense. The illustration Jesus gave, if you can really look at yourself, you can easily forgive others. Seven times in a day, you go back to ask for forgiveness. And I'm sure it's more than seven times and he still forgives you. He says, do same to your brother. Do same to your sister. As a matter of fact, that is why his blood did not cleanse you for a season. That's why his blood cleansed you from your past, present, and future sins. And eternally you are dead free of your sins. This is the love of Christ that is already poured in your heart. As we take these grace peels, you have a new understanding of this love. And you form the right mindset. And you see that this yoke is easier than what you've been carrying 
a life of revenge, a life of vengeance, a life of unforgiveness, a life of bitterness. You have serenity in your spirit, in your heart and in your mind. And that is how you live a peace and a quietable life. And many will see that your light is shining and they will give glory to the Father. Grace, glorious grace. At the cross, you called it finished. Thank you for listening to Grace Bills by Reverend Josh Lai, Lead Pastor, Caris Center International. We believe the word has begun a good work in you. May God's amazing grace lead you to a peaceful and joy-filled life. Caris Center International, living heaven on earth.